1: And how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Sha on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's a Tuesday scoop session with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can also find his Scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com as well. Maybe a little reckless speculation here today. We're going to get to a mock from ESPN.com. But Doogie, welcome in a lot of Vikings injury stuff to sift through, starting with Justin Jefferson, who, you know, we talk about sort of tongue-in-cheek in in the NFL when you have an inaccurate quarterback. Watch out for those hospital balls, right, where he's leading the receiver. I mean, it was a literal hospital (laughs) ball on Sunday for Justin Jefferson.
2: It was. Now really good quarterbacks occasionally make a throw like that, put their receiver in a tough spot. But you look at the last couple games, how inaccurate Josh Dobbs has been. So you just you pile on now, you know, I presume Nick Mullins. In fact, I think we'll find that out later today that Nick Mullins will indeed get the start Saturday in Cincinnati. But yes, on Justin Jefferson, thankfully escaped any sort of serious injury. Think about the matchup on Saturday. Jamar Chase on the other sideline. Justin Jefferson against his buddy Jamar Chase. I see Justin Jefferson on the field on Saturday. Now let's see how the next couple of days go. This is not an off day, shorter week, so today is a work day in Egan. So we'll get an injury report the next couple of days. So let's see how the trends. But I see Justin Jefferson on the field on Saturday. Now I opined on TV on Sunday night on Channel 5 here in the Twin Cities, I just wonder if at some point Justin's representation has a serious heart-to-heart with him and says, hey, okay, yeah. is it really worth putting your body on the line? Look at what just happened. Are we sure the hamstring is 100%? You need sort of you know an extended period to really get that hamstring back to 100%. We get it. You want 1,000 yards, but at this point, is 1,000 yards truly realistic? Would it make sense for you to shut things down? But Justin isn't capable of that. He wants to play. He's an uber competitor. There is no denying that. Having been around enough the last few years, I foresee Justin Jefferson playing in Cincinnati.
1: Hmm. Do Do we know um, what the nature of the injury he suffered was? Because they said chest and and My theory was they sent him to the hospital more to clear him to fly home because, like, if it's a punctured lung or something, that becomes extremely dangerous. But have we got any word on what it was, as opposed to just chest? Because it looked more like initially, like kidneys or back than than it did his chest.
2: Yeah, my understanding is it's just it's soreness in that area. So is that sore ribs, bruised ribs, something along those lines, Judd? I mean, I don't want to. You know, go too on about that because I don't have all the particulars. It's a fair question. And I think you're absolutely spot on that the reason you take him to the hospital is to rule out anything along those lines a punctured lung, something like that, where flying could have been very detrimental. But it's more soreness. You know, he can put a wrap around there, right? I mean, it's probably comparable to what TJ Hawkinson has been dealing with with his bruised ribs going back many, many weeks. So, they can wrap it up, create enough protection, or he can go out and play on Saturday.
0: On the quarterback front, and we and we will get to a mock. To, ESPN's Matt Miller has a mock hot off the presses here. We'll see if he has a quarterback going to the Vikings in the first round or not. But uh, with their current stable, kind of feels like the end of the Pasternak era. You know, in fact, I, I'm kind of. We, we were talking yesterday. We're all kind of surprised it didn't happen at halftime. So going forward here, what do you think? What what would you do just from, you know, being around the team and talking to people, what do you think they're thinking? It kind of feels like Nick Mullins did enough. Hey, he threw the ball, made some completions. It was in rhythm. Like, let's get a guy, get a guy in here who can run the offense. But then, like, if it goes sideways with him, is Jaron Hall the next in line? Like, what, how do you untangle this right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to exactly untangle if it goes sideways for Nick Mullins, which direction they would go or, God forbid, if he gets hurt. But yes, I mean, all signs point to Nick Mullins being the guy in Cincinnati. You have to do that. I'm with you. I was surprised it didn't happen at halftime on Sunday. But you just you look at those third down throws, right? The one to K.J. Osborne, the one to Jordan Addison, certainly better passes. The touch on those passes, better than anything we've seen from Josh Dobbs really going back pre-Denver game. Maybe I'm missing a throw or two in the Denver game. Maybe there was one in the Chicago game, but really going back multiple weeks. But, Phil, I don't know how to untangle the web if things go sideways for Nick Mullins. At that point, you know, throw your hands up, I suppose. I mean, it's just it's a reminder. We said it in the moment. I guess we would have talked on Halloween, I guess, October 31st, two days after that, October 29th achilles injury in green bay we said hey you know they're screwed right maybe there is a pathway to nine victories they can stumble into the playoffs but we all knew in that moment sunday night october 29th any sort of thought about them making some sort of run in january it was all gone and now we're seeing why like squarely why all that is coming to fruition but hey Right? I mean, great week, right? Packers lose. Declan, are you queuing up Packers fan line, right? Packers oh, lose. Yeah. We're ready to go. Rams Blue lose. We got some fan line. Seahawks oh, yeah. lose. Guys, there's a there's weekend. still a very logical pathway to nine victories. To me, nine victories gets the Vikings in the playoffs. Heck, it may set them up for a game in Detroit, right? So you go to Detroit to finish the regular season. Then you may go right back to Detroit that next week. To me, that would be a favorable matchup. If it's all about besting last year, you can win a playoff game. If you're playing in Detroit opening playoff weekend, but thereafter season done.
1: The incredible thing, the thing that that's become super intriguing is that this is, in some ways has become such a fun gong show that you could be, you could be looking at a battle for a division title still like that's the, that's the nuts thing. Detroit has dropped off. Detroit's not playing great. Detroit quite frankly should have been swept by the, by the bears. And so, like, like we can joke, and yeah, the Vikings, um, quarterback wise, are in a tough spot. But this thing is long from long from done, and you know, as as we discussed ex- extensively, Duke on PD yesterday with this defense, it's going to keep you in games. So, like, this is really, really intriguing. It might not be pretty and aesthetically pleasing, but it is going to be. It's going to be a race where I don't think that that last week, uh, the final game in Detroit is going to be a game where anyone for Detroit is probably resting. Once also, it,
0: real quick, go D- down to D- it. Detroit's schedule. So Vikings in Detroit have four games left, obviously. It's half of those games, two are against each other. In the other two games for the Vikings, they play, and these aren't gimmies, the Vikings lost at home to the Bears. So, like, the Vikings can lose any game, don't get me wrong. But the Vikings in the other two games play a feisty Cincinnati team with weapons on the road that's won games without Joe Burrow, Right. And then they play the Packers, who I know looked like garbage last night, but the Packers have played a lot better, and Mm -hmm. and they could beat the Vikings. The Lions get, however, the Broncos, who I think are probably better than either of those teams I just mentioned that the Vikings are going to play, and then at Dallas. So to me, both teams could slip up in these games, but Detroit has a decidedly harder schedule in the last month here than the Vikings do. So this could get really fascinating.
2: Well, it could, and I just can't get out of my mind what the Brian Flores defense did to Jordan Love on October 29th. I really can't. And so, yes, could the Packers win here on New Year's Eve, Sunday night football? Can you imagine the crowd? How uh-huh. crazy that will be at U.S. Bank Stadium on New Year's Eve all day. to party.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I get it? Jordan empty. Love has had some really good
2: there. moments, especially before last night after October twenty ninth. But I just it can't get out of my head. And Judd, you're right. I mean, this defense really, I mean, how far back do we need to go? Like, Brock Purdy, no. Like, how far back do we need to go to say, okay, a quarterback had a really good game or a running back? I mean, to me, it's DeAndre Swift, week two. Yeah. Really, I mean so there hasn't been a running back with more than is it sixty six yards mm-hmm. against this Vikings defense. Philadelphia. Since Swift week two but when's the last time we need to go back to a quarterback and say, okay, that guy had a rock-solid game against the Vikings? Is it Mahomes?
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, October even 8th? Mahomes was fine, but but it, that, was, that felt like hard work for him throughout the course of
1: that game. Well, it I was. was. Say, yeah, that's a good point.
2: All right, so, I mean, how far back do we need to go? Has there been a quarterback? Justin Herbert, I suppose, week three. Yeah. I mean, that that's was a, good a one. phenomenal performance. So, is that how far back we need to go to say, okay, Like that quarterback, that opposing quarterback just had a rock solid kick pick-the-Vikings-tail type day. I think it's week three, Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, he played fine, but that wasn't like Hall of Fame-esque Patrick Mahomes Jr. So really, I mean, no on Brock Purdy. I'm just saying, like, look how far back we need to go. This defense is legit. We know that. I'm not breaking news suggesting that. But, yes, this defense absolutely gives them a chance to win all four of these remaining regular season games
1: weeks two and three, they were a little bit suspect and, and things that, that we were afraid could be exploited were. And then to Flores's credit, he fixed them, which I didn't think. Cause I, I came out of training camp practices saying, I don't know that this run defense is great. And then Swift exposed them. And, and that one drive in particular in week two was a disaster. And it's like, okay, this is a problem. It got fixed. And then Herbert used the quick passing game to pick them apart in week three. And it's like, okay, that's a problem. And to their credit, they fixed both those things. Almost immediately. Yes.
2: That's why it's just, it's another reminder how catastrophic the Cousins injury is. Because this is, you know, a top five to top seven to top eight defense. This is now Brian O'Neill. Thankfully, it shouldn't be an extended absence, but I don't foresee Brian O'Neill playing in Cincinnati. But with Brian O'Neill back at some point before the end of the season, you feel like this is, what, a top five, to top seven, top eight offensive line. There are so many good things about this Vikings team. But the quarterback position will hold them down. They just can't compete with the upper echelon in the NFC because of that. So, okay,
0: on the flip side, because I think our, our conversation has been a lot about Okay, could they catch the Lions looking at the schedule ahead. Let's actually look the other way for a second because this is the crazy thing about the NFL standings, the NFL draft order right now. 13 teams, so 40% of the NFL's teams are either 7 and 6 or 6 and 7 right now. The Vikings sit on top of that pile of 13 teams because they have the best conference record. They're 6 and 3 in conference and all the other teams at 7 and 6. Are five and four, four and four, or or worse. So thirteen. If the Vikings were to slip up here, and maybe they lose like three of their last four, and they finish, or maybe they hell, I mean, there's a chance they could lose all four based on the way they played. It play is together. possible, Whereas, right?
2: It's the roller coaster, right? I mean, yeah. as well as the defense has been playing, the offense could be putrid. They end up losing a bunch of one score games. Yes, sure, it is possible. So let's say they lose all four. How does that impact draft position? They would go from
0: right now. They're like, let's call it 22nd or somewhere in there.
2: If they were to get to the bottom
0: of that pile of seven and six and six and seven teams, they'd literally be a top 10 draft pick in five months from now. So what's more valuable to you guys grinding it out and crawling your way into the playoffs. Ah, we made it with Nick Mullins. We've got 17 injured players over here in the trainer's room, but damn it. We made it back to the playoffs. We get that third game against Detroit, and we'll see what happens with with a backup quarterback, right? Congratulations, Vikings, always clawing to nine wins or ten wins, right? Or would it be the worst thing? I'm just saying, would it be the worst thing if they were to, in a feisty, competitive manner, lose the rest of their games? They're showing fight. They haven't quit on Kevin O'Connell, but, man, an injury to your right tackle... You're, you know, star wide receiver. Let's not mess around with the guy was in a hospital a few days ago. Let's not mess around with it. You know, I'd almost rather have, I'm all about culture building, but I think they've proven it. Like they fought through a ton of adversity. They didn't quit. They're building something here. If the, if the attrition and the injuries just stacked up and they wound up with the 10th or ninth overall pick, would that be the worst thing to happen in the next month? I don't think so.
2: Well, okay. So let's say they end up nine, 10, 11. How much better of a chance do you have to move up for Drake May? Let's just say Drake May is the quarterback that they identify. It goes back to what I said last week. I was in the presence of somebody who reminded me, don't forget how aggressive Quisi Adolfo Mensa is. When he sees something he wants, he will make every effort to go get it. Doesn't mean it'll get completed, right? But yeah. how much better of a chance, right? So let's say identify. Let's just play this thing up. Drake May. North Carolina quarterback, he made it official yesterday that he is declaring for the draft. That is the quarterback the Vikings want. If you're at 10 or 11, how much better of a chance do you have versus if you're at 20, 21 or 22?
0: At 21, 22, zero chance to move up 20 spots, I think, unless you want to give up four future first-round picks or something absurd. It gives you a chance, actually. And the other thing, too, is let's say you can't move up from, let's say 10th or 11th, that you can't move up to second to get Drake May because those are just quarterback desperate teams. Well, then it would it would at least give you a chance to to stand pat and draft the third or fourth quarterback off the board or only have to move up like three spots or four spots to get the third quarterback off the board instead of 13 spots or 14 spots or something crazy.
2: I just think it's popular right now to think that like the third quarterback goes off the board Pick eight, pick nine, pick ten. I just wonder in the moment of late April, if it's more like, okay, Caleb Williams, Drake, may they go top five. Williams likely one, May somewhere thereafter, maybe as high as two. But then the next quarterback, whoever that is, at Oregon, Daniels from LSU, McCarthy from Michigan, Henix from Washington, whoever that next guy is, maybe I'm leaving out a name, whoever that next guy is, does he truly go top ten? Or can you secure that guy at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22? I just wonder I think, that. that Okay, yeah. there's two clear-cut, but that third quarterback, you may not need to be top 10.
1: Yeah, but you know what, Dukes, to, to your point, the the pro days and combine ordinarily change that. Like, I, I would expect the third guy to be top 10. It might be towards the back end, but yeah, I mean, if if the Vikings – if the Vikings season comes to an abrupt end because of all, all the things that that have transpired and you can actually get yourself in, into a top 10 pick. I don't think personally from a business d- decision, that's a tough, that's a tough question because you're not going to win playoff games with this current offense. And I don't, you know, Nick Mullins looks like he knows how to play a uh, quarterback, but it's not like this honed perfect type of Q- QB. So I would say if I can get a top 10 pick, Put me in there, and I'll take the top 10 pick. And if I can trade up, uh, you know, if I have to trade up, or I can, yes, absolutely. It
0: it would also give you, if the draft plays out kind of how Doogie is saying, it would give you the ability to actually trade back five spots and get a quarterback that you still like and pick up an extra second-round pick or something for an edge rusher. So just it's something to think about here as you look at the last four games on the schedule and the fact that there are 13 teams all jammed into this small space on the – On the chart.
2: Well, I mean, I guess let's just keep riding the roller coaster, right? I mean, all four of these games are truly toss-up type games, right? Like you can't feel real confident about any of the four going either way, right? It's not like you say, okay, Saturday, Cincinnati, for sure loss, right? That's Mm -hmm. a toss-up game. They're all toss-up games, right? So I guess let's just let it play out. But I hear both of you that to me, if the end game is at best to me, it's one playoff win. So, what's the trade off there? I'm with you, Phil, culture, all that stuff. They're in a good spot that you're better off picking 10 compared to 21. You have sold me on that.
1: I feel like it would be more of a plausible uh, possibility that they would lose their last four if you flipped it and the defense was not good like a year ago because the one thing that this defense is going to do for these last four games unless things change drastically and I don't expect it is hold you in every single game like that Bears game like the Bears game is an inexcusable loss because you gave them 12 points so like and and I mean My God, you beat the Raiders three rip because you gave up zero. So I feel like you're going to stumble your way into like two wins because this defense is going to keep you in games. The games are ugly to watch. But if you're the Vikings, you're going to have a chance. And eventually, you know what? This defense is going to score a few touchdowns too. Like they got to be right on the precipice, right? They got to be so close to scoring a touchdown or two. Because, I mean, they're confusing QBs. They're doing everything it takes to to get like a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown, other than having done that in the recent games.
2: Plus, the defense may be adding a guy or two. Like in Jordan Hicks's mind, he is back. Now, I don't know if it'll be the Lions game on Christmas Eve or the Packers game on New Year's Eve, but in his mind, and I get it, there's still some thresholds he needs to meet. Like in this moment, you can't just declare, okay, Jordan Hicks back on December 24th. But I'm just telling you, in his mind, the way he's processing things, he is back this month. It's not week 18 in Detroit, it's before that. Marcus Davenport is out of the walking boot, high ankle sprain. It was always an eight to nine ish week type injury, but not a season ender. Now, I get it. That's a roller coaster, just riding. Marcus Davenport situation. I mean, if he, right? can, if he can play 20 snaps, him throw back. him in there. Yeah, There's optimism. Put it this way. Here's the way to frame it. There remains optimism that Marcus Davenport can return before the season is over. I harken back to that Carolina game. He was so good week four in Charlotte. There is something there. Even if it's 25 snaps a game, Marcus Davenport can absolutely help this defense. So think about those two guys being added to the mix before this season is over. Let's do this real quick here. I
1: want a mock.
2: Yeah. I'm curious because Matt Miller is now the Todd McShay of ESPN. Mm. You know, what I'm getting at is his mocks hold maybe a bit more weight than a lot of others.
0: Yeah. He's moved up the, he's moved up the, uh, the internal scouting draft boards, I guess for ESPN. Now he's like number two behind, I think he's number two behind Kuiper, isn't he? Matt Miller? Oh, the num- this is the number two yeah. mocker at ESPN oh. here. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, my guy so, Jordan Reed is more an analyst, not as much a mocker, you know, but he's got a big role now at ESPN, happy for Jordan. But, yeah, in terms of mock drafts, Kuiper won, Miller two. So
0: here it is. This is, uh, this is Miller, Matt Miller's latest NFL mock draft. He's got Caleb Williams going to the Bears at number one. He's got – I don't think he has trades here, so he plays this – Straight up. He's got Drake May going to the Patriots, number two. Marvin Harrison, Jr., Cardinals, wide receiver from Ohio State. Then he's got the third quarterback off the board to the Giants at four, Jaden Daniels. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to skip around. Here. Oh, he's got the fourth quarterback off the board, seventh to the
2: Raiders. JJ wow. By the way, the Giants are picking four, right? All Tommy DeVito does is win. The Giants still have a couple wins, and Adrian, they're not picking as high as four.
1: He suggests you do the contract now, or you know things will happen.
2: Yeah, Sean's still yeah, Sean's, Sean's a hoot. Yeah, that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> so, so JJ McCarthy
0: goes seventh to the Raiders here, and then I'm skipping around here. Joe Alt, the the Notre Dame tackle, to the Jets at nine. They yeah, need offensive from line. Grace help. High
2: School. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, little receiver run here in the teens. Okay, so there's four quarterbacks off the board early. We scroll down. Vikings on the clock at 22. You could either reach. and I don't know. I'm using the word reach. I don't know what their draft board looks like, but you could either take the fifth quarterback off the board or you could go in a different direction. And the Vikings choose, according to Matt Miller, ESPN.com, to go in a different direction, taking cornerback from Clemson, Nate Wiggins.
1: I want a mock! (laughs) Mock! Mock!
0: Here's the write-up, and then you guys can can react all you want. The Vikings are desperate for a franchise quarterback, but probably won't be picking high enough to get a top passer in this class. Maybe they bring back Kirk Cousins? Maybe they sign someone else or address it further down the board? Either way, I like them adding a top-flight cornerback here at number 22 if quarterback isn't an option. People at Clemson say Wiggins is the fastest player on the Tigers roster, and he does it at six foot two. He played his best football down the stretch of the 2023 regular season before declaring for the draft. So a true number one. If he's six foot two and he's very fast, obviously that would be, you know, sort of uh, shut down cornerback traits. If they went cornerback with four quarterbacks off
1: the board, don't you take uh, if if you are going to do that and you're going to stay at uh, 22 in this hypothetical, don't you take an edge? especially if Daniel leaves. I think that has to be, I, I think if it's not going to be a quarterback, it, it has to be an edge. Well, no? but
0: it, it depends on, I mean, okay. If there's, if there's but an there's awesome cornerback and there's a drop off in edge, then.
1: But there's edges right behind at, uh, there's he's got Buffalo taking an edge at 23 kid from UCLA. He's got the Texans that the same thing. I'm just prioritizing. I'm all for taking, cornerbacks, but if Blackman's for real, which it looks like, I'm just thinking that an edge might be... And, and that, 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 of course, depends on Hunter, but let's say that you're going to bring Kirk back, okay, now it's going to be harder to keep Hunter. Like, th- like this is where the shell game is going to exist.
2: It will, although, what if I told you Daniel Hunter is back? That they will pay him. That the cap keeps going up, up, up. They have enough maneuverability that I'm just telling you, I can see absolutely see a scenario where but, Daniel yeah, Hunter is back. I'm also not sure, especially everything you just laid out about the Clemson quarterback. Vaguely know his name. Like that's a guy that will blow away pro day, right? Like I don't know if he gets all the way to the 20s. Yeah. But okay. hey, it's early enough we can have this back and forth. I also don't know if four quarterbacks are really in the top 10, really? I mean, there's <laughs> I, I think I actually I
0: actually disagree with Michael Penix falling out of the first round more than I think like I feel like I feel like someone's jumping on him before the cutoff for a five year or a four year contract hits. I, I think there there might be a little run at the end of the first round on quarterbacks just to get the extra because that's the difference between a five year contract and a four year contract. I know, but contract. we thought
2: that last year with like Will Levis, right? Yeah. We, or we thought that the year before with Malik Willis. So somebody will fall. It wouldn't sure. shock me. Mm Yeah, i just don't know if four quarterbacks go top 10 no that's fair
0: hey before we get to the rest of doogie's scoop bag here a shout out to our friends at finch home solutions judd finch helping you maybe with your hot tub this winter
1: season oh god yeah yeah because that's the scoop here's the real scoop folks it's that finch home solutions can handle and will take care of any electrical issues in your home and as phil just said you know let's say you are uh You and the gal are contemplating a hot tub, and you're thinking a hot tub would be really nice getting cold outside. It's great to sit in the the hot tub. Guess what? You need a lot of electrical work or electrical work done to get that hot tub installed. It has to be safe. It has to be done right. Finch Home Solutions can do that. I am right now actually at their uh, website, finchhomesolutions.com, looking at the uh, plethora of projects that they do. Indoor lighting, panel replacement, car chargers, service upgrade, electrical repairs. They can do it big or small. Cody and his team are outstanding. Uh, also, 24-7 emergency service, 612-502-3311. Finch Home Solutions, finchhomesolutions.com. Book an appointment today. Get the experts out there. Get them to handle it. This is not a DIY world here. This is a world where you need to keep you and your family safe. FinchHomeSolutions.com.
0: Also, uh, Zero Res is here to make sure your home is ready for the holidays. So if you're looking to de- clean your house before those family and friend gatherings over the next few weeks, Zero Res is the place that can help you. A 4.9 rating out of 5 on Google with 17,000 reviews. So that's that's pretty crazy. I've, usually you don't see like 4.8s and 4.9s uh, with that many reviews, yet we have one here with Zero Res. You can get three rooms zero resified starting at just one hundred twenty nine dollars when you ask for the Score North special nine five two zero res or zero res minnesota dot com. Say you want the Score North special zero res minnesota dot com or nine five two zero res. Spell it forward or backwards, it spells the same zero res. All right, Dukes, empty the rest of your scoop bag here for us. What else do you
2: have? Uh, how well, close were the, the, the twins
0: on Otani? <laughs>
2: They did. A reminder, they did make every effort when he chose the Angels many, many years ago. I can safely tell you in this moment, they did not make him an offer before no. he ultimately chose the L.A. Dodgers. I know that's shocking, but they were not involved this time around. In the moment, was just texting with somebody who knows Tyus Jones real well. Tyus is rotting away in Washington. Only played 20 minutes last night. They lose by 45 points. Mm-hmm. To the 76ers Sixers. this wolves regime likes ties i don't know what exactly the match would look like washington will get multiple offers for Tyus. they have to trade him i know he enjoys starting but he's rotting away there in dc so i just wonder as trade season is about to ramp up end of this week guys like shake milton guys that signed in the summer become trade eligible how can the wolves tweak this roster whether it's a backup point guard although jordan mclaughlin like you see the offense flow last night and half court finally back that range too working on that range Correct. (laughs) yes that was fantastic (laughs) and a reminder jordan mclaughlin changed representation he went with a big agency so he thinks he can cash in a little bit in the summer jordan mclaughlin is not going to be back in all likelihood next year but in this moment can you upgrade the backup point guard spot how good would Tyus Jones be here and again all I can tell you is this Wolves regime heck there's a lot of fans of Tyus Jones across the league but he certainly has fans here I just don't know if there's a logical trade match but I was just texting with somebody close to Tyus just saying hey the Wolves need to find a way to get Tyus out of Minnesota he sent me back a smiley face right because we know the Wolves have interest I
1: just don't know how you
2: set up yeah, I just Uh-oh. don't know how you sit it. No, it's not the though.
1: scoops. It's the deal broker. You're like DeVito's agent. That <laughs> smiley face. That smiley face commission. to me
0: is a green light.
2: It's a yes. Yep. Yeah, that's a yeah. <laughs> I'll
1: I'll be on the horn right now to the Wolves. We'll get this done.
2: I just think it's really hard. Like Monty Morrison, Detroit. You know, a trade with Detroit to me makes a bit more sense. I just don't know how you get ties. Like, Shake Milton. Who else? Wendell Moore Jr.? Josh, my, like, I don't know if I see the match where Washington says, "Okay, Minnesota, what well, you're willing to offer trumps every Three, other offer." It's gotta be a three-way deal. Offers.
0: It's gotta be a three-way deal, almost certainly.
2: I'm just telling you, I'd love to see Tyus Jones here in Minnesota. I really shake,
0: would. Shake Milton has been a little better. If shake, if shake can sh- uh, wow, come on. If shake,
1: shake, shake, it, shake can
0: shake it. show something here, how about that? Can <laughs> show something.
1: Shake
0: if can shake can okay. show some life, maybe. Over the next few weeks, I don't know that he's a great fit. Even it just doesn't feel like a great fit. I guess could you spin him to a third team? Tyus comes back here. Third team gives up some assets to Washington. You know, something like that over the next couple months.
2: So why is that other team acquiring Shake? I haven't just thought a, this through completely. Of quite <laughs> He's
1: just making a three-way trade, dude. Just come on, you're brokering deals. Phil's trying to broker deals. I'm hey, just
2: throwing yeah, stuff that's into that's the, the trade machine as yeah, well. I mean, done. that's what hey, that's what they do, right? I mean, they just they toss out a bunch of ideas. I mean, I'm telling you, trade season plus the G League showcases in what like a week in Orlando. So a bunch of front office people will down there. So that's when it really ramps up when all these front office execs are in the same location. It's almost like the baseball winter meetings, the G League showcase. We got Lance Lance Stevenson Stevenson now. Some some backstory. Remember, Lance played for the Wolves years ago. But Mm -hmm. backstory, his agent was trying for weeks, calling around to all the G League general managers, please, my client still has game left. He wants to play for you. Was pleading for somebody to bite. Finally, John Wallace, the Iowa Wolves general manager, who's also in the Timberwolves front office, Finally said it came together quick, like Sunday into, hey, he's in Des Moines as of like late last night. He'll play on Thursday for the Iowa Wolves. But like anybody who thinks, okay, like the Wolves have this open roster spot, Lance Stevenson is going to play a few games for the Iowa Wolves, then sign with the Timberwolves? No, I'm not saying like zero chance. Let's see how Lance looks. But like just know his representation was trying for weeks upon weeks to land Lance anywhere in the G League. It wasn't, hey, he has to be in the NBA. He just wants to play merely in the G League. Somebody sign him. Finally, on Sunday, the Wolves took the bait. All right. Oh, we got 33.
0: Let's make it happen. He was Long a two. shutdown defender there for a while, blowing in people's ears. He's uh, the guy in the
1: bronze ear, right?
2: You know mm-hmm. what? To his credit, I mean, he carved out enough of a career, earned enough money, right? I mean, he's a name. Right? The name resonates, so that's fun. But like, don't make like this leap, because I got a bunch of mentions on X slash Twitter saying, hey, are the Wolves about to sign Lance Stevenson? Is this a sign? They're adding him to the Iowa Wolves for the inevitable move to sign with the Timberwolves. No. Like, long way to go to get to that point. By the sure. way, watching last night's game, Phil, tell me if you agree with this. I would not want to see the New Orleans Pelicans in April. So if the Wolves are the one, two, or three seed, oh, I would you love Don't to. want to see New Orleans as the six, seven, or eight.
0: I would love to because there's no way Zion plays all seven games of a seven game series.
2: Well, so. maybe not. Sure, <laughs> that is that whole team that is, is just... a fair comeback. Yes, <laughs> but if, if you I get full, stri- full back, strength, right?
0: Pelicans are one of the five best teams in the NBA. I think
2: I love them. Like Jordan Hawkins can't get off the bench right now. Really good rookie. Like yep. he doesn't even play for New Orleans. They go a legit to me thirteen players deep. I'm just saying. You know, whatever New Orleans looks like in April, you know, hey, you're right. Zion, hey, can CJ McCollum stay healthy? There's a lot of injury question marks there in New Orleans. But if they have a fully healthy roster, I'm just saying, I would not want to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Now, hey, the comeback to that is Anthony Edwards. How much of a difference maker is Anthony Edwards? The Wolves still can't really figure out their offense with Anthony Edwards out. So he is such a difference maker that with the Wolves having home court advantage in this hypothetical matchup that the Wolves are on their way still to me, even after last night, on their way to a top four seed in the Western Conference, the Wolves will have home court advantage in the first round minimum that you feel like with a fully healthy roster, Jada McDaniels now back, Jordan McLaughlin back, Anthony Edwards okay come the playoffs, that you would take the Wolves chances against the New Orleans Pelicans. I just don't know. I mean, Who has a matchup for Zion, right? But in the Wolves' case, or even Brandon Ingram, like, you know, Jaden might have been a little off last night, but I don't know if Jaden guards Brandon Ingram particularly well. And C.J. McCollum is such a good shot maker. I'm just telling you, I would not want to see the Pelicans in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. There he is, Darren Doogie Wilson. Dawson Garcia out tonight. I don't know if that's out there or not, but Gophers have a bit of a, I guess it would be, what, end-of-semester finals break after tonight's game against IUPUI or ICUP, whatever it is, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. IUPUI. No, it's a game at, at Williams Arena. So Dawson Garcia out tonight, ankle injury. I'm told his rehab is going well. The next meaningful game for the Gopher basketball team isn't until early January against Michigan. So he's got some time to rehab that ankle. Also, I texted with Joe Rossi who's now the Michigan State defensive coordinator. This wasn't any sort of falling out. You know, sure, money has a lot to do with it, but it's also you look at Michigan State's recent history, coordinators going on, like Joe Rossi wants to be a head coach, that there may be a more logical pathway to becoming a head coach, being the Michigan State defensive coordinator versus staying here. But he certainly is getting a raise to go to East Lansing. But he told me it was a very tough decision. There wasn't any sort of falling out with P.J. Fleck or anything like that.
0: There it is. Darren Doogie Wilson, uh, 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. We'll see you on Thursday, dudes. All right, and
2: maybe by the time we talk on Thursday, maybe we'll have some Twins news. I mean, the trade talks continue. I still think Jorge Polanco ends up elsewhere. So to me, it's when, not if. But this thing may drag into January. It's just it's been such a slow go. But I'd like to think at some point, one of these many trade talks, you know, whether with Toronto, Seattle, some other teams, one of these trade talks actually comes to fruition. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, January sounds good. Yeah. There he is Darren Dewey Olson. We'll see you on Thursday right, for boys. some reckless see speculation. Uh, Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd.